Beer. And the Peleyates. Just want to go back to a comment, Ellie, you were asking me about uh, last week. If you look back at Perichov, Aleph, Pasik Vov, we were having a discussion about Lahachis. Look back for a moment. We're describing the atrocities of Menashe and what was going on before he did Tshuva. So we were discussing the question if Menashe himself appeared to Avashi in a dream and said that if you were here, you'd pick up your kapota to run. That's how strong the Yitzhahar for Avodah was. It sounds like it was taiva, not lahachis. There's a mumu l'te'oven and a mumu lahachis. So it sounds like it was l'te'oven. And here the Pasuk says lahachis. So... Eli, I think you uh, mentioned afterwards the Wadakis. Sounds like he's trying to bavarn that. He's saying, quoting a Chazal, that he went out of his way to bring such tumma into the base of Mikdash. He was Masalik Diesh. If you have a Radak there, it's involved. Amushesilikesh al Yenishaisim is Beach. What? Perik Chafal of Pazigvov in the Radak. Amushesilikesh al Yenishaisim is Beach. Meis Seyard Shamime Shlaimai. Ahmed Uvesoka, sounds like it was a premeditated Badafka. He wanted to get rid of that Aish. That Aish was a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. It was a nace. You walk in the base of Mitish, you see an Aish there crouching as a, as a lion. And that Misa was Lahachis. So with this Radak, you could say the Avodazari practice, there was a tremendous pull for the Avodazara. And this, once he was in Tuma mode, so to speak, this he did Lahachis. It fits in with what we said last week, because why would somebody want to be Lahachis? Bechal, certainly somebody as intelligent as Menashe, and he tells Avashi that he couldn't help himself, there was such a pull. So, okay, so there's a pull, so when there's a pull. So, so either you deal with it or you don't deal with it. Why do something Lahachis? The answer is that the theme of all these Malachim is that it's not Shaykh, we didn't even get to Yaakim yet, it's not Shaykh that under normal circumstances somebody can want to do things that are so evil stam to get on the kaviyachal Hashem's nerves lachis that's what the word sounds like it was out of depression that they knew deep down they were doing the wrong thing that's such yish on the matzav of Klayisol such yish on their own matzav it was almost like a fit of rage they just did whatever they could to show they weren't with the program as I mentioned the mushal the guy is drinking his negavas or whatever every morning to make sure he stays a kaifer he knows deep down he's miserable he's miserable but in a fit of rage he just does things you ever uh, I don't know if anybody ever witnessed you ever see a little kid have a temper tantrum so he starts doing funny things uh, you know, for what the answer is sometimes the more sometimes the seven year old kid knows he's doing the wrong thing it just he starts uh, throwing things and ripping things why you already, you got upset. You got upset. Okay, well, what do you have to do? The answer is that's a logical response from an adult who's trying to control things. I'd like to say we only see this by a six-year-old. Uh, you might have seen adults throwing things. If it's in the office, duck and hide behind the desk. And why would normal people, and afterwards, they're more embarrassed. That's the, that's the Yitzhahar. It wants to get us more fatumult, more depressed, more because, and we're out of control. This is out of control. Lahachis even according to the docs, he's doing lahachis, so why? You still have to explain it. It's not condoning it, it's, it's explaining it. Lahachis also means just another possibility, and this is Nagea in Psach to the Sugiya we keep coming back to, the Mumad Leteva, Mumad Lahachis, Tinashanishba. Lahachis doesn't mean you're trying to show, you're trying to anger Hashem. Lahachis could mean 
he's trying to show he doesn't care as opposed to the te'oven. Te'oven is you only do it when you're hungry for a cheeseburger. Laches is you couldn't kill less. If you have in front of you the Gemara's example, a cheeseburger and a soy cheeseburger tastes just as good, which it probably doesn't, but let's assume. Or a kosher delight hamburger and a tray for hamburger, just as good. And you dafka choose the other one. Why? Laches means I don't care. Ambivalent and I want to show that I am. Because why? Usually it's to try to put down your guilty conscious, which doesn't work long term. So this mice that he did also shows that, but at least I think he's trying to avoid the direct Avarazara aspect per this Gamar, and that was your uh, that was your point last week. Yes. Isn't that Lahakis really just masked in the because yeah, it, no, it's once you did the taiva. The taiva is the taiva, and the Yates are for that. In order to be able to, 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 to be mamali the taiva, to be able to... And not feel taiva, guilty. The only way that they can do it is to... Uh, yeah, that's what we're saying. So then that's called that drinking the Onegavasa water to pretend that you're really a kaifer, even though you keep having a hurried chuva. You've got to live with yourself. The problem is, uh, as most uh, balde chuva ultimately find out, they wish they would have done that earlier, because you can live yourself easier if you just get better. You end up feeling better about yourself. It's harder. It's harder work at the beginning, which is why nobody wants to bite the bullet. And whatever media you're working on, it doesn't have to be a complete balchuva. Even if you just want to become balchuva in this uh, particular area, it's brutally hard work to begin with, especially when you're entrenched and you're moving up Yenakudis Abakira very slowly, and it's trench warfare. And it's hard, but uh, a lot more sipuk once you succeed. So um, the quote unquote the easy way out, which is never easy in life, is that you just keep convincing yourself this is the right derech, it doesn't make a difference, nobody cares, and Hashem doesn't care, and Hashem's not looking, and, and that way you think you're going to be happier. It's, um, it's a... Te'ovo. What? Isn't that a subconscious te'ovo? No. Yeah, te'ovo just means he's lazy. Okay. Okay, that's also a type of to be lazy, not to work hard. That's true in every area of life, and anybody who ever tells you that uh, they found some easy cash on an easy deal and uh, dealing with all the partners was easy and everything was easy, I would probably tell them to get out of the deal because it's probably not real. <laughs> That's a telltale sign. There is, there is no such thing. by definition, is created for hard work. And the Chazal say this in so many different ways. Safra Asayif is a classic. You have a choice. You come down to this world, talking to the men now. Safra Asayif. Sounds like a very chilling... Safra is a safer. That's what you're holding. Saif is a sword. What in the world do the two have doing in the same paragraph? Answer is there are two sides of the same equation. You're here to work hard, and you're going to fight. Either you fight screaming at your chavusa about your or you um, fight other mochamas. If it's not a sword today, the country's not fighting any active uh, battles. There's no draft. So it's fighting the guy in the office with the deal that you thought looked so good, and now you realize that there's no free lunch. I'm not saying there aren't some deals that can go smoothly. I'll give everybody a bracha. But uh, in case you're wondering, per our night seder discussion, which we just, we just have begun, uh, the fact that there are roadblocks doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. It just might mean you're alive. How's that for a nice optimistic way of saying it? Yes? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
And that's just one aspect. And it's not supposed to be, it's not supposed to be easy, it's supposed to be gratifying. They're two different words. And the, the, the generation, I don't want to say today's generation, we're not, we're not much better, but as the push buttons get easier and easier, and they keep designing everything, that you don't have to move a muscle, they're trying to design machines that you just think at it. And then they're going to design machines, you don't have to think, that's the goal. Now you don't have to move much, they want us not to move at all, just to think at it. Our discussion last night of, <laughs> of, of thinking at something, and, um, and then they'd rather not think, just um, sit back and smile. But that doesn't bring smiles, as we have seen. Generation is not any more well-adjusted. Well as a matter of fact, it's going in the opposite direction. Yes, Yaakov. Yes, so it's the same idea that the, the Avodazar, well, Ravashi was told by Manashi, the Avodazar itself had its own allure, but part of that package is, yes, the Avodazar, most Avodazars were very, very liberal, and they allowed you to do whatever you want. Especially the classic Baal Pa'ar, as Achayim Shalavit says, if you went to the bathroom on the Avodazar, then you really showed them who, who's boss. So that Avodazar can't tell you to do. So how could that be an Avodazar? The answer is Avodazar was you. And it, it showed that you were master and whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good, which we discussed yesterday, and uh, that's the classic Avarazar. So yes, Avarazar also did that, and that was a big allure for people, because if it wasn't up there in the top two, the, which one was stronger, the Yetzirah for Arias or Avarazar? We'll never know, but the Yetzirah for Avarazar is not here, and the only one we have left in that level of allure is the Yetzirah for Arias, and you see what damage that does. Some say uh, money covered replaced the Avodazara. Okay, whatever, pick your Yetzirah, but uh, it, was, it was mothering both. Okay, uh, one, one more and then we'll go on. Yeah. Yeah, which one Jacob was raising? Yes. Can't come to shul, you can't. Right, right. So, so let me. A lot of it went in the wrong direction. So there was no. It's a very interesting point. There was a national bomber that had no given in Shiloh. Uh, in between bomber somewhere in your backyard, in your back deck, after you built the base of Mikdash, so everything's awesome. It's also the Yelam void. It's important to know this. We're going to come back to this when we get to. Yoshio, which is coming in the not distant future, where he's going to make a tremendous asifa and he's going to bring everybody in. And the pastor says, they haven't made a carbon pestle like this in eons. And I was wondering, like, well, they didn't make carbon pestle. The answer is, carbon pestle can only be brought in the base of Mikdash. And people live far, and they had two kingdoms. They had their Sarasashvatim, and it was risky. You risked your life if you tried to go during certain kingdoms. And there was a lot of Odazar going on there, even more than Yehuda. They would excuse in their mind because they wanted some expression. Problem is, is that uh, we today don't have Bamas or the base of Yiddish, and the beauty of Yiddishkeit is, and that's what Abba was asking really in Bama Eida, the is going to be in Godless, they're not going to have Karbanas, so what's Chus are they going to have, how does Avodah Hashem work? And uh, as Ben Hai said, that we are an Ummah because of the Torah, and we're not tied in with Eretz Yisrael, though we sorely miss it, we're not tied in with the Avodah, though we sorely miss it, we can function Anywhere on earth, 
the moon has its other issues. You can function anywhere with our Messiah, with the Diktik Ba'alacha, and you don't need that. But yes, I'm sure the Yitzhahara used that as a taina that I feel uh, restricted, I need to express myself, and, and people use that in various Hashanahs today as well. But we'll see that in Yeshua. That, uh, they, they hadn't made a Pesach a long time. Pesach has got to be in Yushalayim, bring the carbon Pesach. So we will get to that. Okay, let's continue. And we'll clear uh, Shema, if you didn't say it yet. Let's go back where we left off, that was going back to the Lahachis, and I'm sure we'll be back to Lahachis afterwards also. We are on Perikhaf Aleph Pasuk Yud Dalid. This is the horrific Nevoah being said to Klai Yisrael, the results of Menashe's activities, despite the fact that he did Shuvah for 33 years. Now let's go back, as a matter of fact, to Yud Aleph, so we don't start in the middle of the Nevoah. He outdid the local Avodah people, Ameri. He took what they had, the disaster they had, and he improved on it, or digressed more, whichever way you want to say it. He didn't just hearing about the pending korban, and when they hear about it, when it happens, their ears are going to ring. Notice how, besides the tremendous imagery, uh, you ever wonder why, if you try to read Yeshaya inside or Yemiya, it, it, it's an avayda getting through two psukim. The words are so rich, just in the content of, there are no synonyms in Lashon HaKadosh. So the, the words you've got to figure out, and then the imagery, and then what it represents. This is just a facsimile thereof. Uh, Yeshaya, for what's mentioned over here, Yeshaya and Yemiya have uh, 20 pesukim for every remez over here. But the, the mushal over here is that there's going to be diktuk in din. Din is din, not rachmim, unfortunately, when it happens. But it has a time frame, and it has a geographical frame. And the pasuk over here says, just like I took the meshkailis, which is a plumb line for anybody in construction, and you have measuring strings to know exactly where to put the bricks and how far this building goes and how far the landing stands, just like I did in the Aserah Sashvatim and the disaster ended before the district of Yehuda, and you're still here, the same thing now is coming to Yehuda, and you're not going to escape it, and the Avera started in Beis Achav, all the Kemat, all the Malchi Yisrael were Rishayim, but notice, Yaakov, per your question two weeks ago, it's pinned on Beis Achav. Everything that happens here on in, even though we're going to have certain kings that sound like they outdo Menashe, especially Menashe did Shuva, Yaakov won't. And it's all blamed on Menashe because he was the most innovative and under his reign it stuck around the most and had the deepest Roshim. And that's important to keep in mind. Like a person just Derek Agav uh, cleans a plate, washes it, wipes off the grease, turns it over to dry. That's a um, very interesting muscle. It's almost like, what are you thinking? What are you doing when you're doing the dishes? Well, maybe the people over here don't do it that often. But uh, you can imagine your talented uh, better half are doing many other things. It's almost like it's going to be so swift and so complete. It's going to be like Derek Agav as you're, as you're wiping the plate and just turning it over and putting it away. Which is why the Pasuk says, anybody hears this, the, their ears are going to ring before it even happens. That's a silver lining, by the way. 
Hashem will take out his anger, the city will be destroyed, the Beis will be destroyed, there will, will be a critical core that will survive. And they're going to be under the jurisdiction of an Oyev. As bad as Nebuchadnezzar was, is, and will be coming in the Pesukim, uh, he mistreated them horrifically during the Chorban. When they got to Bovel, uh, as Golas goes, uh, excluding America, uh, it was pretty good for, in terms of st- stability, a thousand years. The Golas of Bovel was the longest lasting stable matzav, uh, who uh, put that into place so that it can further develop and finish and write down all the things that to put down the Derideris for the Messiah as in Talmud Bavli because once they had it there's going to be rough going through many many different places and um, it saved us but it took almost a thousand years of Gullahs to keep that in place so even though it says that referred to some Tkufas and Bavl for primarily to the Chorban and what happens afterwards until very recently uh, the second base Amitish which we've discussed over time, usually around the three weeks, uh, Rabbi Yankov has in a number of places uh, that it was really an extension of Chorban Bayezrishon with a reprieve in the middle. Uh, and if you look at Bayezrishon, uh, there are many, many rites that almost another hachana, they needed more time in Eitzisol to prepare Mishnah, end up being the time of the Zugas and the Tanaim, and they started putting Torah Shabal Ped, was really finished in, uh, in Bavl. That's quite a sweeping statement. Um, that's not even forward-looking. That's now saying, not only is it a disaster now, it's been going on since you left Mitzrayim. So what does that mean? It means that if you look at Yeshua and Shaftim, we didn't learn Shaftim yet. I hope to get to it after Malach and Bez. Um, it took 18 years for Shmuel Lalaf and Shmuel Beis and Malachim Am Malachim Beis. Shreftim is uh, just as uh, fascinating. It'll throw you back to a time where it was up and down and up and down and up and down. There were more ups than there are the end of Malachim Beis. That's the good news. But there were a lot of things going on that needed tikkun. And now that the tikkun is not making a reshim, HaKosh Baruch Hu puts in the Einish for the things that were going on then, which is a frightening thought, but we have such a theme. You have Chet Egel. Hashem promised that when Yechumish is going to be sprinkled in over Tufas when there's a punishment, so you can't handle too much at once. Klai Yisrael must survive and always will survive, and therefore Hashem is going to break it up. So here you see a remis, a such an idea that this didn't just start now. Yes, you fixed it up many times, and there will always be good Jews in every generation, but there's still some Cheshman from before which is a daunting uh, concept. Which we discussed two days in the Gemara. Pashim Shadis, he killed all his political opponents. His political opponents were not political in nature. They were Tzadikim, Anshe Maisa, who battled him at every front because he was destroying the country in Ruchnius and they didn't like it and wouldn't stand for it. They're always good Yidin, many of them. And many of them died here because he wasn't interested in listening to it. That's the Pashup shot. Uh, the other shot the Gemara says is to make a point of it, maybe these are the people he put under his idols. He made these gigantic idols that weighed many, many tons and had people move them and they were crushed underneath. And that was done amazing. There were better ways to move things. Again, probably a way to get rid of these opponents. And the other Pshat and the Gemara, all of which could be true in terms of what transpired, he killed 
the Navi, his grandfather, who after a while he didn't want to listen to the message, couldn't kill him straight away because even Menashe couldn't do it. There would have been an open revolt. And the Gemara says, he done them that I hear some things from you that go against Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't go against the Hilga Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, Menashe knew how to learn. Uh, it wasn't right here, but knew how to pretend like he was talking and learning. And uh, Yeshaya didn't answer him, which is a godless on his part, because he felt if he answered him, he'd make him into a bigger mazid. Right now, he was Miyashev in his mind. He's fooling himself. Deep down, he knew that. Miyashev in his mind that I wouldn't dare touch the Naviador, and suddenly if he's my grandfather, and the only reason I'm here is because of him. That's true about every grandfather, but especially over here, he's the one who gave his daughter to marry his father, Chizkiah Amelech. But he got to a whole lumdus he had a dintera, and he said there are certain things in your navi that I can't explain and don't sound compatible with the Torah, and therefore your navi shakin yechayim misa. Lahayyavonivra, obviously, Yeshaya navi didn't answer him because he felt if he answered him, he's going to make him to a mezib. He's going to keep on arguing, and the bigger mezib, the more punished he's going to get. So he just pronounced Shem Hashem and disappeared into a tree. That didn't work after a while, and he found him. We saw that gemara already. His tzitzis were sticking out. If Hashem makes an ace and you can pronounce Shem Hashem and disappear into a tree, you could probably tuck your tzitzis in also. So, obviously, there's a lot that's represented by the tzitzis that are coming out, and it was his time to go, and Farshim say he was very, very old at the time, it was the time to go. The fact that he went in such a horrific way is a part of the Einish of the Dur, and one midah of one thing he said, not kafi madrigasai, about uh, something he was giving... Musa to Klai Yisrael, and he said, called them uh, a nation of, uh, of Tumah, but he was talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the time. Am Tmei And uh, everybody says over there, well, the Navi is supposed to give harsh Musa to the people, and since when do they get punished for that? The answer is, when you're talking to the people, you have to talk like that. If you're talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows that already. Don't say anything that's even a remnant of a Kitrug about Klai Yisrael and about Yidin when you're talking to Hashem. It's only when you're talking to the people. So for that, uh, he had a very difficult job, and that's an understatement. Uh, there were Yermiyos coming up, but Yermiyos was already um, darshaning Barabim, all his nevuas, and Melech Yoshio. I'm just giving you, he's two Melachim away, but the Melech in between, we're not going to have much to say about. And the, the Melech, who was a young tzaddik to be, nobody was gairisid. Well, see, that was a Kitragon. He was a very, very young boy and was surrounded by people who weren't interested, and they, they didn't share much with him, and they were just ignoring it. There were Sadiqim who listened, and there were Sadiqim who listened. Over here, Yeshaya had the same problem, and he didn't accomplish what he felt he wanted to and what he was sent for. It's not his fault. And after all that, he's killed by the Russia who happens to be his grandson. That's a real strict Midas Adin. Of course, Yeshaya Novi goes down in history uh, as probably the second uh, highest Novi in Madrega under Meish Rabbeinu. Dashayla, Shmuel Novi, Yeshaya, but <laughs> as I'm saying, Shmuel Novi is Dashayla, but in terms of the Nevuas that we have, um, it does, it's, um, it's incredible, and it's a strict Midas Adin, it goes to the highest obviously, and it was his time to go, the, the small tikkun that he had to make for one slip of the tongue was this uh, pretty horrific ending. As I mentioned, uh, once people hear this and they don't want to become uh, tzaddikim because uh, the strict means hadin, Hashem is medaktik, and they'd rather stay a vanity. That's a ridiculous thought. <laughs> We're here to grow. 
but uh, we were discussing this last night in Passaic. Uh, well, we'll get back to that, uh, that notion. The Taina is not true, obviously. We're here to grow. Hashem is medaktek with Sadiqim Chutasaira because he wants them to have the maximum Olam Haba and they can handle it. So the growth is part of understanding what you can handle and what you should be able to handle. And that's good for people because no risk, no reward. And the more you grow, the more you have a chance to maximize on it. The fact that there's a temporary downside doesn't stop people in money-making and Gashmias and covet and any other area from trying to maximize on the reward, even though there's greater risk. So that's an important uh, yesoid, which you see here with the demise and the, the end of, uh, of the Navi, who was um, doing the best he could under the circumstances and definitely made a ration, but it was a very difficult job. So again, Pasuk Tezayim. Farsham also added, by the way, besides the people he killed and Shaya Navi and the people he didn't care about under the weight of his projects, filling Yushalayim Pele also gave a signal to the masses in the street. There were a lot of murders going on because if the king's murdering everybody, then the thugs in the street, that caused murder in the street as well. That's also attributed to him. And besides the other Averis, and if you recall, they struggle with the Mandarma that holds he did tshuva, which he clearly did tshuva. Why didn't it work? So the Malbim points to this Pusik. He did tshuva for the Avodah But even though after doing tshuva for 33 years, the Shvichas Damim was still rampant, and that he didn't fix up. And the Pusik ends, the Vabechatasa Shehichti. True, his personal tikkun, he stopped doing Avodah and he actually tried to get rid of the Avodah he put in every corner of the kingdom. But he couldn't undo it. That's why it says, not his personal one, that he fixed up. And interestingly enough, there's a deal coming later that uh, his own son, who's going to take over briefly, did a Vodazar. How do you come on the tail of your father, who just did for 33 years? When you grew up, your father was in Shuva mode. And his son, who again is such a rod, not going to last very long, his son just like picks up where he was in the first 22 years. Like, what happened? He didn't see. He grew up in a different environment. The answer is the atmosphere was so polluted that everybody else was still doing it. And number two, they have an interesting diak. He will get rid of the avodazars. He throws them out and throws them in the valley. He doesn't burn them. He doesn't grind them down. He doesn't get rid of them. He doesn't sink them in the ocean. So the kid just picked them all up and brought them back. If you're getting rid of something, you've got to get rid of it. And that much of a zar is he wasn't even when he was in chuva mode. So there's a lot of different things going on in the background, why it didn't work. And again, whether we got Alam Haba, we're not going to pass again. It sounds like from the dream he did, like those Mandamrim. And let's hope that's the case. But the damage is still here. Another fascinating diak here. What is this which we keep referring to as we recap every king? We always sign off when we say, besides everything the Navi reported over here, and everything the Navi reported in Divrei Yamim, and in Yeshaya, and in Yirmiya, they also had a chronicle that they filled in, and it was extant until they lost it, uh, the Divrei Lamach Yehuda, as they had Divrei Lamach Yisrael. So, someone first should point out a very interesting idea that whoever was the chronicler over here, whoever was writing this, was pretty brave. 
because it says over here, <laughs> usually the chronicles that are written by the government have only one storyline. It's a party line, and there's never any bad news. I don't know if the uh, communists put that out uh, during their years of uh, power, but I'm sure there was only one part of the story, and it wasn't the same story as the Americans had. I think if you look at the um, Revolutionary War, anybody here from London, uh, I don't know, what are they in London? How do they write it up? Who were the good guys, bad guys? Were they good guys, bad guys? You could probably find out. But I'm sure in 1777, it was written up differently for, for obvious reasons. Over here, these are divayamim written under the jurisdiction of the king, and it says in the Pasuk over here, if you want to look over there more about his Averas, you can find it over there. That tells me that even the Divayam and the Malachim were written by Sadiqim, who were brave enough to write it down and might be hoping and praying that Menashe didn't check it up. Might have to check it up. He was living it. Does it have the same motion that the other Malachim Never puts in this word. That's just so surprising. He was the worst. He did the most damage. And here it says, it puts in Chatasai. Maybe. That would be a nice, uh, nice positive way of looking at it. We also see, again, there are more mandamrim he did tshuva, even though on the Tana level, the rabbim said the tshuva wasn't accepted. He certainly did tshuva. The question is, did it work? When he asked to be buried in his backyard, some of Hashem say it's because he was embarrassed to ask to be buried, to even asked, not that they would have given in, the Chavik Dish was in control. He was embarrassed to even go there, be next to his very illustrious forefathers. Because he didn't think after all his tshuva, he undid everything and he was right. So, possible that he told them, but then they'd have to start retrofitting and writing. It doesn't sound like going to that. They were writing at the time. There were decades where he wasn't doing that. So what were they writing then? <laughs> Usually chronicles are written in real time. So according to Yerpshah, which is possible, they had to go back and put it in, which is a chiddush. <coughs> 20, 22 years old. What? Okay, but whoever was writing it was very brave because even if you're not publishing, if the king finds out and he doesn't like his political enemies, uh, that's a dangerous proposition. So some of Hashem say that whoever wrote this was quite brave and quite uh, accurate. Let's just finish one more passage. We'll go to the Peleyates. He just mentioned he's buried, and he asked for this, in his backyard. God Besa, Beganuza, they had a big backyard, and I guess there are different sections, different gardens. This one's called Ganuza. I didn't say a comment of why it's called that. Named after the gardener who fixed it up. Amun An Amun who is going to be almost not mentioned in the list. Remind me next week, we'll uh, dig up somewhere. We have the list we refer to once every five months, so we get our bearings. Uh, he is on the list. Uh, he's not going to be king very long, and he does absolutely nothing for the cause, and he hits the ground doing Avodah and the Mitzvah Shem will uh, start discussing that next week. Let's go to the Peleyates. Go to page Kuf Ayin Dalid. We're in the entry of Vatronus, which means generosity. How to open your hand, your heart. And... He points out, speaking of Bechira, top paragraph over here, he reminds us, we have to remind of this every day, not everybody has the same Nisayan in life, not everybody is wired the same. 
And people have different nisyanis and different difficulties in different areas. It doesn't make you better or worse. It makes you different. People have different faces representing different chunas and efesh. And certain people are definitely born. We're going to discuss this at length in our mazel share at night. But this is a deathless classic piece on mazel. Is that yes, there is such, such a thing according to Moses Shonim as mazel in the stars and that that's no different than any other predisposition that Hashem creates you with. Every neshama has its own avoida. And certain people are born not your imagination. More generous and more giving and certain people are born they point this out. The baby's born, do you ever notice? The fist is closed. So what's that all about? We just finished saying different people with different levels of generosity. So my baby doesn't have it. It's not your baby. It's everybody. So it starts off like this. Generosity has to be cultivated. So everybody has to work on this. Pelletier is going to point out now that some people find the other more difficult. Some people find it easier. And there's a teva. And that doesn't mean just because you find it more difficult. It means you should give up. It means, per the first part of our shir, if you have an avayda in front of you, it means you have to work harder. It doesn't mean it's not worth it. Chanel chanar apidarkai. And the dichotomy that many people feel is the dichotomy, which is not, between Chanech and and working on Midas you find difficult, is Shmuz Bifneyatma. There are certain people, for convenience sake, like to sign up. Everything you tell them, they say, it's very difficult for me, Chanech That's their answer to everything. It's difficult for me, obviously, there's not my avoid in life, and therefore I can't handle it, it's too hard. Not exactly. Uh, it could be you're here, Dafka, to work on the things that you find difficult. That doesn't, what do you do? The answer is you should also use the midas you find easier and strengthen them and capitalize them and use them. You're given talent for a reason. It doesn't mean you ignore everything else. So they're both true. You just got to figure out which one to use where. With that introduction, top line, Kofi and Dalad. First paragraph. Hey, Nemes, Kigam Midas, Havadronus, Ukachol Hamidus. Some people find it easier naturally. And that's a gift, and you should use it to the fullest. And some people are stingy. He calls that ra. That's not a good midah. It's just normal to various degrees. The yod of loasuris, and it's like his hands are in chains. And he has. Talking about somebody has the money to give. And it's almost like he can't be shilat on his own money. It's his money. Why can't he write a check? It's yours. What's the legal issue over here? No legal issue. I just can't find difficulty holding the pen and signing. Some people don't find difficulty signing. They just have difficulty putting in numbers with zeros. Depends on... We're talking about people who could give. So, fine. We understand. But you have to understand that that's a problem and you have to deal with it. That's a sickness. Every Yetzirah is a sickness. You have to identify it as such. You have to, as we discussed yesterday. Uh, Yiddishkeit is about knowing your enemies, not whitewashing everything and say, yeah, it's all good. Stop stingy. It's not. Everybody, you know, different strokes to different folks. It's all fine. It's not all fine. You've got <laughs> to work on, if it's a mitzvah there, I said, you've got to work on doing it, even if it doesn't come naturally. And if it's a veira, it doesn't come naturally, staying away from it. You've got to work on that also. And Hashem understands you're working on it, so if you find it more difficult, Hashem will have more rachmanus and patience, kaviyachal, but not if you're not working on it at all. And this is uh, often the number one excuse in people's, uh, people's minds. Zura Chayla. Well, he's relying on the Pelayets to uh, tell it to us like it is. 
If you're Shalitza and you use Chachma and you push hard, you can get yourself out of jail. Every time you're locked into Yitzhar, you're in jail, your hands are tied. So again, we feel our hands are tied, what can I do? There is no matzah, there's nothing you could do. Tachbulus, Yasa You gotta learn how to deal with the enemy, you gotta learn strategy, you gotta learn tricks, you gotta learn how to outsmart him. Mat mat yegarish is ruach And unfortunately, bandied around today, per our discussion yesterday and this morning, uh, the way people who don't want to deal with any ruachniyas just say, is, is whatever I have, this is me, I gotta celebrate me. I love that expression. I don't have to change, I'm perfect. This is the way, sometimes they sound very from, this is the way God created me. I have Yetzirah's, man, this is me. Now, you don't like it? It's a free country. So that uh, sickness, <laughs> that stance is a sickness. It's pervasive in the atmosphere and a very big toxin in the atmosphere. We're here to work on ourselves and change the bad midas and capitalize on the good ones. And a big part of this is tefillah. Hashem should get you out of it. And then, after you finish trying, then there's a point of, yes, I'm created like this, and I can't be perfect. Okay, we have room for that. After you finish the lifetime of work. It's difficult, but the more you dive and the more you try, the first it'll be more difficult. Hashem will give you siyat and you'll find that it gets easier over time. Famous Maisa, I'm sure we mentioned here once, Chavaz Chaim had a Talmud in Raden, all the Talmidim were as poor as synagogue mice, as was everybody in Rodden and most of Europe. And there were some wealthy Jews, but uh, few and far between. And this Talmud, he was driving in Meshuggah, he saw the, he apparently had what to eat, he saw other Talmidim, especially Ben Etero, were starving. He kept complaining, Rebbe, this is not right, we've got to do something, got to help them. Mitzvah I'm going to make a lot of money, and I'm going to help out the yeshivas. I talked to Bacham a lot. I said, money is a wonderful treasure and tool if you have it to be able to give it and use it in the right places. It's not your job to become a gvir. And I talked to Best Manager Bachum who in a rush to go this and do that and this project and that project. I said, you have time if you're going to be working for the rest of your life. You don't have to predate it a year or two. Right now, if you can, you have ideas to learn. And they're in a rush. They said, no, no, it's Hashem Shemayim. I've got to help all the yeshivas. I said, Amit Hashem, you will. I'm going to remind you of that when you, um, I don't... <laughs> collect, but if he comes to me for an etza, I'll remind you of that. Halavai, all the people who made this promise, they're here to help all the yeshivas, so they should all help. And many of them, Baruch Hashem, do. Anyway, as fate would have it, fate meaning HaKosh Baruch Hu, uh, gotta, gotta be careful what you ask for in life. He became so wealthy, he was one of the only Jews that was allowed to live in Moscow. St. Petersburg? We used to be Moscow? Is that the same city? No? St. Petersburg. Jews weren't allowed to live in St. Petersburg. He was one of the only Jews who was allowed to live there. They had the, well, the court Jews, that four or five Gvir Madirim, and they were allowed to live there because they were doing a lot for the people there. And uh, it doesn't sound like he was uh, that firm at that point, but who knows, maybe he was. The story doesn't comment on that. The Chavetz Chaim one day made it to that part of the world, and he heard his old Talmud was there living in this palace, and he came to visit him, and the Talmud saw his Rebbe, and he ushered him into his uh, study after seven butlers and, and walking down long hallways with chandeliers. And uh, he invited his Rebbe, sat him down, and um, locked the door and broke down crying. 
He said, Rebbe, he says, you didn't tell me. He says, I didn't tell you what? He says, it all came true. I davened that I should have money to help out the yeshivas and help out the whole world jury. He says, you didn't tell me that when you have the money, it's hard to open your hand. So Chafaz Chaim says, I know what you're thinking. Hashem's going to give you a bracha like this. It's not going to give you the yetz of her that it shouldn't be difficult to do. He says, well, what was your havamina? Everything comes with Zulu Mazu and everything comes with a price. And you got to know that uh, the bracha can be a bracha. It comes with Nisanis. Mr. Shem, we should capitalize on it.